Broadcasting live from the mech hangar on the plain of Kamigawa, this is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham. Joining me, as always, is Cameron huh? and Nelson. Also here. And today, we are going to be looking at some stuff to do with alchemy. Alchemy. Because the Kamigawa alchemy is finally out. Just in time for us to have talked about New Capenna last week. The release cadence is an interesting... <laughs> is interesting choices. Yeah, it's kind of getting stovepiped here. Yeah, but here we are. Um, God, I hope that that term means what I think it means. <laughs> I guess we'll find out in the comments. Yeah. Uh, as a reminder, this show, of course, is brought to you by the lovely folks over at Card Kingdom. Please check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR for all your card needs. They'll ship stuff basically anywhere in the world, and uh, they'll do so quickly and efficiently and and with excellent customer service, and that's why we sent, send you over there. Also, you can ask for a button, uh, and they'll give you a little one-inch button, which right now is a reprint of Math is for Blockers, one of our most enduring goofs. Uh, so check that out. Also, of course, this show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Um there so today at time of recording because we're recording this on thursday the 17th good lord where'd Happy march St. patrick's day where'd march go oh right i'm i'm wearing blue that's fine um oh dear we are right later today on weekly mtg they are having a discussion and q a about the arena economy um we have no idea what that's going to look like, but I guess we'll talk about it uh, next next week. So you know, we're recording on Thursday. You're hearing this on Monday. A week from today, you'll get the hottest, freshest takes on what they said about the arena economy. I am inferring from their language of how it's a discussion that it's going to be more like, here's the economy and why we think that it is the way that it is. Thank you. You know, they're going to do Q&A, but like, I don't think any changes are being announced. Uh, yeah. Maybe they maybe they would have teased that. I don't know. Also, rip to whoever's aing those cues. Yeah, that's yeah, that's going to be uh, those are going to be some interesting questions. I mean, it's probably Blake who traditionally hasn't, uh, you know, hasn't like hidden from the difficult questions. It's just, it's just <laughs> sucks to be put in that position. Hmm. It's like, hey, uh, go out and answer questions to a Twitch chat of Magic players about money. Yeah. About <sighs> their money. Yeah. Just a shout out to those mods. <laughs> if you're moderating the official Magic channel, thank you. Yeah. I hope you're being paid enough i don't know or it's <laughs> worth it to you for whatever reason didn't they actually wasn't there a thing with the watsy twitch mods a while oh, back. probably yeah yeah no, well because a while back it was all like on a volunteer basis and then they were like then they like turfed them all and mm -hmm. and we're like but we'll give you something we'll give you like a thank you or something and then i think it eventually it was like some pretty inconsequential right thank you merch or something because like dicks and lord hosk and folks yeah. were 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 at mods originally i mean we were modded in the on the magic channel which i used maybe once or twice ever to just be like you know like oh this person's being like obviously transphobic time or ban right. or something i don't remember what i did but you know didn't do that very often but then they were like uh we have like 
no oversight over who all these people are. So we're going to kick out everyone and start from scratch. I don't know what their system is now, but mm. hopefully it's good. Good luck today. Yeah, that's not that's not really what we're talking about here. But we are going to talk about Arena, certainly, or at least Alchemy. Did you watch any of the Kamigawa Championships? I watched a little, yeah. I watched a little bit. So it, it was this was weird. It was Historic and Alchemy. So it was yeah. both of the arena-only live formats at what are like what is now the the closest to a pro tour level tournament, hmm. um, which was interesting. Um, I don't know what I, you probably got to watch more than I did. I didn't watch a huge amount. No, I only got to watch like two rounds, and I I got to see uh, Maria. Corey and Riley do the Alchemy Awards, like one of their little commercial bits. Like they had to like produce, like we're gonna do kind of like it was meant to be like a, a red carpet event, but it was you know just through their like booth cams mm-hmm. at home or produced or whatever, right, like right. you know bo- uh, talking heads shot. But then they had some like they all had sunglasses, and I think somebody wore a fancy hat, like they dressed up for it. So it was really cute and kind of fun theater kid moment. Um, and then they they like did uh, you know nominated for best card in alchemy or whatever or best one drop or things <laughs> like that and then they like announced it and they had like a applause track or something so that was cute uh as far as like the format yeah it's a little weird like so this is the event that basically replaced the old pro tour yeah like current it's like the current thing that it would be a pro tour and they're playing two formats that you can only play on arena so this really like this event being these formats I think hammers home like the the message of like okay like the the pro tour as a career is over from last year and that like you know we're gonna try and focus more on on like big focus on arena mm. because you can't play these either of these formats on paper they all use card they use all these cards that don't exist on paper um and so like i think that's a little hard to take like i think it would have been nice if like one of the form like if it was standard and historic or alchemy and pioneer or something like that like mm-hmm. i think it'd just be a little bit easier to watch if you get the paper players and the digital players together for like the biggest event um in terms of prize payout in terms of like the amount of work that the players will be doing to to build the decks for these formats like these are at least from the old times, these are like marquee events that you care about. You look back, like even months later, sometimes you're like, oh, well, what did, you know, what did uh, Shota Yasuka play at that last championship? Like, mm-hmm. we should look at that and keep that in mind when we're building other decks or getting on the ladder. So, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of it was kind of weird and disappointing for me for uh, in that respect, but there was still some like really great gameplay. Oh yeah, and uh, and com- commentary coverage was great. Like it was yep. still a well produced event. And the main problem I had with it, like we you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, like the release cadence, how we got new Capena previews like a week or two ago, and then this event happened, and then now this week, so um, you know, week of like March fourteenth after the alchemy pro tour basically they're releasing the new alchemy set which gives the players like zero time like or four days i guess between finding out like oh what are really the best decks in alchemy because that's kind of what the pro tour that was like the old sales pitch on the pro tour like they draft which they all want to do because like magic players love to draft especially pros a lot of them really love to draft so it was like partly a concession to the pros that get them there you can draft for big stakes you want to do that and you'll play standard so that we have your deck lists that we can publish 
and draw traffic to our site and draw interest in the game and give people a reason to buy the cards, right? Like mm-hmm. play these decks that the pros played. Um, and I don't know, maybe that notion is kind of fallen by the wayside. No one cares about that anymore. But I, I mean, I still kind of wanted to try out these like cool new alchemy decks, but they're already obsolete because like by the time you're hearing this, you can craft 30 new cards that will definitely shake up the meta. I would, I would assume. Yeah. So it's like, but there's so there's no time to play the meta game of alchemy and historic after the championship that we saw at the championship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's not for the player, even the digital players. It's not for you. It's not like super useful for you, the the person who cares the most about alchemy and historic, whoever you are watching. Uh, by the way, I did get some comments this week about like me talking about being really happy that paper pre-releases are coming back first and. I don't know. Just want to acknowledge, like, if you only play digital and you don't have a good LGS that you get to go to, like, I sympathize, but I, I really feel that, like, the, the way forward is hopefully for more better LGS scenes to crop up. And, you know, as the game is advanced, like, the LGS communities have, at least what I've seen, like, there have been better and better ones. Like, you know, Card Kingdom's a perfect example. Like, and a fairly recent mox boarding house like they've been expanding and they mm-hmm. have an amaz- amazing lgs scene so hopefully sometime in the future someone in your community will build a better place to play paper magic that's yeah. that's my hope for you um but yeah it's uh it's weird that they did this alchemy pro tour <laughs> yeah. basically like i just was scratching my head i didn't get to watch a huge amount i watched a bit of the top eight um in particular uh a you know but potentially contentious, uh, at least in the chat at the time, uh, match. It was a great match, but it ended up being won on time. Hmm. Um, because, of course, with the tournament timer on Arena, you've got your ropes and everything, but also there's a chess clock. Right. Right. And uh, I thought Marshall and Cedric, who, by the way, did a great job on commentary, also did a great job in this particular instance of hammering home that, like, in tournament magic... The time is part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The the sort of the balance point here is that the player who lost uh, was playing the, this um, Dungeons deck. You remember we talked a while right. ago about yeah, how okay. they rebalanced a ton of the cards with Delve into the Dungeon. Yeah. Right? yeah. Or uh, Venture into the Dungeon. Yeah, the land mm-hmm. is way better now. Yeah. yeah. And so this was like a heavy Dungeons-focused deck, right? And the problem was is that like every time he attacks... There's like four triggers going off and he's right. got to like go into the dungeon and pick which thing. And then that trigger goes on the stack and that trigger has to resolve. And that's all sort of eating away at the clock. Right. And whereas you could breeze through that in paper, but in paper, you don't have a chess clock. Right. Like yeah. in in um, in paper tournament magic, it's just it's 50 minutes for the round and then it goes to turns. Right. That's that hasn't changed, has it? No, not okay. that I know of. Yeah, I'm yeah. still a judge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so you know, it's it's like it's like yes, the way that Arena implements all these triggers affected how the clock ran down. But you know, it's like my friend, you played the Dungeons deck, right? Like the like you as the Dungeons player. <laughs> need to know it's like time is still part of this thing so i can't slow i i, I can't play at a slow pace because this is how my deck functions my deck puts lots of triggers on the stack so i need to be aware of this so i don't know it's i mean it it is it's always heartbreaking to to lose a game of magic to clock i've done it before on mm-hmm. certainly on magic online back in the day um uh, especially when it's like 
oh, I was definitely going to win next turn. And, like, this guy was maybe going to win that combat, potentially, right? Like, he was slamming to attack all, but then, like, 12 triggers go on the stack, right? And it's like, that sucks. That's magic. And each one of those triggers resolving is multiple clicks. Yeah. Right? It's like two or three clicks every time you go in the dungeon. You have to, like, move your mouse to make them and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, speaking of great coverage by uh, Cedric Phillips, like, there's this... Uh, old match it was like round one i think of one of the star city games legacy opens and it's reed duke on uh blue white miracles mm. but just the pace with which reed would get through all of the little business of the deck mm. um you know just much different than the first time you've seen you know your friend or yourself play blue white control where you're right. trying to like analyze every decision point really carefully and make sure you don't give up any ground right like that work is important and you need to do that before you bring it to the tournament so and i'm sure this the player who lost on time like has done this but it's just like it really counts to make sure that all of the time that you could possibly be thinking is on your opponent's clock as well they have priority and whenever Mm -hmm. you have if you know that you're going to have an attack that puts four triggers on the stack and each one of them is three clicks you don't think about your land play for too long on turn one yeah you don't think about your tutor target on on turn three or whatever your fetch line you know you just like get all that stuff going really really quick and there was a point where cedric and marshall even pointed out there was i don't remember the specifics of it again this i didn't watch a huge amount but the there was a there was a particular game action that did not need to be taken that the player took and immediately cedric was like i think that's a mistake because i think now he doesn't have enough time Wow! Right. Because it's like that game action cost five seconds, and he only has eighteen seconds left on his on his clock, right? It's like right. that wow. didn't need to happen, and I I don't think he should have done it. Huh. Uh, and then next turn he timed out, and it's like, you know, this is yeah. it's tournament magic is a wild beast. You yeah. know, it's well, got like, totally different things to think about. Yeah, and I can see like the audience kind of getting on the side of the dungeon deck because mm-hmm. it's weird and yeah. You know, it's dungeons. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Um, hmm. It was, Shame. to be fair, is a very, very cool deck using a lot of the, um, uh, what is it? The adventure, the black, white human. Triumphant. Tri- right. Yeah, triumphant adventure, I think it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't Maybe remember Cloister what Gargoyle. the, uh, I don't remember what the Probably rebalanced. Nadar. Well, Cloister Gargoyle is a pretty big rebalance. I didn't it's see one, that one. Less mana, but the Triumphant Adventure also now has two power. Right. It's a 2-1. Yeah. Instead it? of being a 1-1, one, one, uh, with and then the abilities are all the same, I think. It's like Death Touch all the time yeah. on, on the paper card. Mm-hmm. Uh, first Strike when it attacks, so it attacks with Death Strike, meaning like yeah. the opposing creature has to have First Strike even to trade with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, whenever it attacks, venture into the dungeon. I think that's all the same. It just got an extra point of power, so it... Kills your opponent faster while also venturing into the dungeon a bunch. Yeah. So, you know, attacking with two of those, then that's two dungeon triggers right there. And you've got to, right. you know, work your way through and yeah. draw and then, cards and make goblins and stuff. I don't know if Nadar was also rebalanced, but probably they play Nadar. And then uh, the dungeon descent, or is that what it's called? The land that lets you venture into the dungeon. They just chopped off like fully three colorless mana from the activated ability to bring it down to one colorless mana yeah. instead of four. And it comes in play untapped. Like it was a massive rebalance. Which, it was huge, yeah. Which, mm-hmm. I don't know, is great for alchemy because it makes that card playable. But I do remember when that card first came out. Like I think somebody had it in their PPR pool or something. Or I had it in maybe one of my first seals on Arena. And I was like, this is cool. Like you could be able to do this effect every turn. But like... Why does it have to come to play tapped? You know, it just seemed yeah. like it was that card felt like it was nerfed on release. I guess because they were worried 
Venture in the Dungeon I mean, was going to be too good, but it's sort of sad for paper players because we never get that. Yeah, that good yeah. Version. You, yeah. You can easily see like an R&D thing where they're like uncertain exactly how powerful dungeons are going to be. So right. they err on kind of conservative design. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in future sets, if they return to it, then they can take the gloves off a little more. Thank kind you, of like conspiracies. Design. Right. Right. Where they were, they were not interest. They were powerful, but not like in in the first uh, 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 conspiracy set, yeah, yeah, the the conspiracies were fairly like limited in scope, right? Yeah, like they, they would were put counters on things, or they would, you know, you would have something that would draw you a card, or they would tutor for another, like they they had the squad hawk ability, right? But they right. weren't super deep in yeah. terms of complexity of design, right? Yeah, and in the second set, they kind of had a better sense for them. Yeah, so I believe I was watching Ji Yimin's Mardu mid range deck which um it's the way that these are laid out on uh on the magic website is weird because like the the alchemy cards don't work properly in their deck list so they're listed on the other category hmm. which is odd so yeah three triumphant adventures uh city stalker connoisseur was another one that uh another one of the digital only cards that's uh that that showed up uh, in a lot of these decks, it's a 3-3 three, three, four, four with Death Touch. When it enters the battlefield, target opponent discards a card with the greatest mana value among cards in their hand and create a blood token. Hmm. Um, so that was kind of neat. Pretty powerful. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of wedding announcements going around, a lot of Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Uh, it was cool. Like, this was, it was a cool match. It was like a Mardu mid-range match, and the decks were different enough, but yeah. Was, hmm. I guess you can Fable of the thing. Mirror Breaker on your opponent's draw step with this powerful Ravenous Rats right because it's uh it's a card so it can get a land right so it's like if you if you fable the mirror breaker this enough you lock them out of any plays except instance they can cast in their draw step mm -hmm. um i'm not sure what else the heck did i i did see some like huge attacks happening with fable the mirror breaker um and some other mardu like adventure stuff but i wasn't sure what all the uh the most exciting things to do with this i saw i watched a stream earlier this week though with kiki jiki copying overcharged amalgams mm -hmm. and calamity bears on chris Bethello's stream it was that was pretty cool so i Turns don't know kiki jiki still does cool stuff yeah. even if it's only a reflection of kiki jiki yeah, watch out for this card it's still pretty nuts yeah so yeah they um starting at the championships and then continuing on over the course of the week or at least monday and tuesday they've revealed the 30 cards for this new round of alchemy and I figure we might talk about a few of them anyway, because there is there is a brand new digital-only mechanic. So let's take a look at Bellows Breath Ogre. So two and a red for a 3-3. Three, three. So three mana, 3-3, three, three, pretty good. Uh, the card's a little intense, but it starts, <laughs> it starts low. <laughs> it says, starting intensity, one. Whenever Bella Breath Ogre attacks, it deals damage equal to its intensity to any target, then perpetually increase its intensity by one. Hmm. What's interesting there, of course, is perpetually meaning like even if this card is killed and then later reanimated, it will still have whatever intensity it got up to, which is neat. Or right, if it gets right. bounced to hand or something, yeah, it'll still have. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, intensity. It's just a thing what gets stronger. I think there's only a couple cards with it. Um, there's a land enchantment, a runaway growth, uh, three and a green, starting intensity one. Whenever Enchanted Land is tapped for mana, its controller adds an additional amount of green equal to Runaway Growth's intensity, then perpetually increase its intensity by one. 
So that could definitely get out of hand. But yeah, I think those are the only ones with intensity. No rancor effect. <laughs> so my initial, yeah, my initial thought is just like, why can't these just be charge counters? Oh, right, because they're perpetually staying on. Okay, yeah. Sure. All right. There definitely are a couple. I mean, so there, that has been an amount of the discourse over this past week was, was you know, there's some of these cards that either are close enough that they could be printed in paper or just could be printed in paper and it's it's clear that you know alchemy is also sort of being treated in the same way that the unsets are where it's like is this a thing let's print a card with that Mm -hmm. and then they try but like in like a safe environment where they can yeah they can balance yeah and then and then be like oh yeah this does work now we'll print a functional variant of it for for paper magic mm-hmm. um like i'm trying to think uh fragment reality i think single white mana instant exile target non-token artifact creature or enchantment its controller puts a, a random creature card with lesser mana value oh from their library onto the battlefield tapped okay no that one doesn't work very well it that like that one's that one's very close though right i mean yeah this one's better than uh what was the the double white exile a creature? Your opponent put something from their hand onto the back. Oh, divine, divine gambit. gambit. Yeah. Divine gambit, which you know, I I think I described as like a novel way to lose a game of magic. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, it was also noted. Um, I think actually I saw a tweet from Amy Amazonian just this morning um, about this one: the Kami of Bamboo Groves. So it's a one green mana for a 1-1 one, one enchantment creature spirit. When Kami Bangboo Groves enters the battlefield, you can put a land from your hand onto the battlefield tapped, and you can channel for two and a green to discard it to conjure two cards named Forest into your hand, which is neat. Um, the question Amy had was the flavor implications because it's an enchantment creature, and in Kamigawa proper, all the enchantment creatures were not spirits, they had a connection to spirits. They were not spirits themselves, whereas the kami, like geothermal kami, for example, were not enchantment, enchantment creatures. Right. And this was like, this was, we, we spoke with Daniel about this in the interview at the PPR. This was a creative choice. Right. Which this card does not, from. Does, not, yeah, does not fit respect. into. Right. Yeah. yeah, and it's curious if, like, my assumption is, this was put together by a different team who sort of didn't really didn't really get that or decided that they just wanted to do this anyway but it's 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 curious to me that this this does not fit that fit into those slots i suppose yeah this card's real good with hollow haunting i guess i mean also the card seems cool i mean all the alchemy cards you know typically <laughs> tend to be tend to be pretty powerful um right <laughs> How about holographic double? Single blue mana for a 1-1 one, one illusion. For one mana, exile holographic double from your hand. Choose a creature card in your hand. Conjure a duplicate of it into your hand. So it's like a clone for something that's in your hand. And your opponent still doesn't get to know what that is, I think? I don't think so. I don't no. think conjure is face up unless it tells yeah. you. Yeah. Huh. So that's weird. 
Interesting. I can't tell okay. if this is a good card. It seems like a waste of space to me. Like, why don't you just put another copy of the card that you're going to conjure? I guess it's flexible, but you have to pay for that with mana. And you have to pay for it with having this card in your hand as the, at the same time as another You can only creature. have four of the other card, but now you yeah, can have more that's true. of them. Yeah, five through eight. Right. So helps with your plan of winning with uh, Bio Simicist or whatever, the that card from... One of the Kamigawas that just wants four of themselves on the battlefield. Oh, <laughs> not Kamigawas. One of the Ravnica sets. Right. I don't know. There's probably an implication where this card's good, and maybe right. maybe it's just a fantastic card on its own. I see it. Well, like I I wonder what kind of shenanigans you can get up to with this, depending on how Arena handles or displays the the trigger. Right. Right. So I assume you would see holographic tub- doubles activated ability go on the stack and then resolve or not, um, but no further information is revealed. But you do know that they have a holographic double in their hand, or did? Yeah, so it'll be face up in exile. Right. So you'll be able to click that, and there should be, like, Arena should show you, like, a holographic double activation card, right? Like right. A, an, an object on the stack. But then in their hand, you'll just know that there's two of the same thing. Mm-hmm. For whatever that's worth. Like, I guess if you get them down to two cards after that, you're like, okay, well, it's the same card. If they play, they play down to one card. You know, finally now what their last card in hand is. Yeah, but Arena's probably not going to just straight up tell you. You probably have to just take notes about that. You know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering, like, what the functional, like, what the utility here would be. Me too. Like, could you bludgeon through a a control mirror? Mm. I don't know. Hmm. There's another one that uh, Lady Lavinius previewed, which is the Imperial Blade Master. So check this out. It's card draw in Boros. Uh, one red white for a 2-2 human samurai with double strike. And then whenever a samurai or warrior you control attacks alone, draft a card from Imperial Blade Master's spellbook. So it's another one of the spellbook cards where there's 15 cards and you get presented three of them at random and you get to pick one they're all sort of um samurai or warrior cards from the main set mm-hmm. so it's iganjo exemplar imperial subduer ancestral katana selfless samurai norika yamazaki aki ronin peerless samurai heiko yamazaki asari captain iganjo uprising eater of virtue sunblade samurai reinforced ronin adamant will and tempered in solitude oh so like a bunch of like pretty decent limited cards yeah yeah but yeah it's like the that whole red white samurai deck yeah but that you wouldn't necessarily put in a constructed deck right mm-hmm. right like imper- well, eater of virtue is in there yeah yeah, yeah. but like imperial subduer yeah. it's a powerful yeah. effect i'm not sure it's worth a slot in a constructed deck but here mm-hmm. did you say selfless samurai is that yeah. one of them yeah that was that, that's a good yeah, one too I mean, there's at least two that are high draft picks and also i love the uh the aki um Aki Ronan of oh, the Aki Rummager? Ron- yeah, the Rummager. Yeah, you're Rummager. a fan of the Rummager. Yeah, oh, it just feels good. It feels <laughs> good, right? Like, you attack with a single samurai, and then, you know, 12, 12 triggers go on the stack. You had, I think as a fam jam, you had legitimately, like, four of those hit the... Because you had, um, what's his name? The Mardu? Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, the samurai that doubles activated abilities. Yeah. Oh, Ishin? Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, had, yeah. he had Ishin and two Aki Ronin. Nice. So he attacked with one thing and got four... Aki Ronin triggers. I think you only used like one of them because you were like, wait, no, I want this card. Yeah, I've got all three good cards in my deck in <laughs> yeah. hand, right? Like Aki Ronin really smoothed through some rough samurai decks. Mm-hmm. Right? When you're drawing three cards a turn, 
Yeah. The Fam Jam, by the way, was super fun. Yeah. We definitely underestimated. So previously, we based sort of our 100 game, 100 point goal based on previous Fam Jams. And I guess didn't factor in that the games of Kamigawa take longer on average. Mm. I don't know. They certainly did for Wheeler <laughs> and myself to I an extent. I found like this this limited format, like from the first weekend, it's continued for me. It's been slower games. Yeah, still yeah. really enjoyable. So we just games, didn't but... have the time to like jam jam out as many things. Also, in a typical fam jam, don't we play for longer? We played four hours Fams? before. Yeah, yeah. I could have gone longer. I, yeah, I could have. When it got to the end of our shift, I was like, "Wait, what? That's only been three yeah, hours." I kind of want to play some more magic. I play more magic. Yeah, I could. I could get another two, maybe three boros straps. Yeah, <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed it, though. the The feedback has been has been very positive. People definitely enjoyed the sort of the big the big group collaborative. Um, yeah. Uh, thing. So I'm I'm I, glad of that. I definitely preferred the collaborative angle to the competitive one. Mm-hmm. I um, liked that we offered a product that everyone couldn't get all of in the time yeah. it was on rather yeah. than like having to go through nine different streams or whatever and mm-hmm. yeah. they can choose which minutes you're going to catch. Yeah. 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 Definitely a big fan of this format. Uh, anything else in the uh, alchemy that has leapt out at you or do you even, have you even had an opportunity to see them? I had already seen that ogre card and I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. And I saw another card with reconfigure. There's a couple. Um, there's a, f- yeah. there's a Phoenix with reconfigure. There's I- a, I watched uh, Talia Vess's clone, or sorry, Talia Vess's stream where she previewed the oh, clone. Oh, here we go. There's a 3-1. Yeah, semblance scanner. Yeah, this one's kind of cool. Yeah, two and a blue for a 3-1 artifact creature equipment shapeshifter. Whenever it or equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, if it's not a token, conjure a duplicate of it into your hand. Reconfigure for only one. Yeah, that's the great thing about it. You know, 3-1 th- for three, no flying or anything. Not a super impressive body and easy to kill, but, you know, for four mana... You can spend your turn slapping it onto your evasive creature, and then maybe you're getting an extra copy of that in your hand every turn. That could be pretty mm. cool. Yeah, mm. that does seem cool. Yeah, the or Phoenix. your ETB effect creature if you yeah. can give it unblockable. Yeah, just because I mentioned it but didn't read it out. It's one red red for a two two with flying. Uh, it also has reconfigure for a single red. The equipped creature has flying, and whenever Forgeborn Phoenix or the equipped creature dies. It perpetually gains whenever an equipped creature you control deals combat damage to a player or planeswalker. Return this card from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. So that's interesting because the creature can die. The phoenix falls off and turns back into a creature. Then. Yeah, there were a lot of words there. Yeah, then when the. If the phoenix or a creature you then equip the phoenix to again hits then the first creature the phoenix was equipped to comes back to play tapped okay so i've got my scathe zombies yeah i equip it with forgeborn phoenix yeah now, scathe now zombies it's die. flying scathe zombies okay but that's someone lightning bolts it it okay. dies then i play a gray ogre yeah i equip the forgeborn phoenix to it and yeah. then i attack they don't block my gray ogre connects for two damage and your scathe zombies comes back to play onto the battlefield yeah okay hmm. that's wild yeah, sounds fun in an equipment deck. That is some that is gonna that's some interesting play patterns. Get into Bruno or Alchemy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. All right. Is Fighter Class already playable in Alchemy? I'm not sure. Mm. Maybe there's a historic implication here. I don't know. This <laughs> makes me want to brew something. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a kind of cool card. I want to talk about this weird um this weird burn spell. Molten impact. 
So one in a red for a sorcery. It deals four damage to a creature planeswalker. If excess damage was dealt this way, when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell, Molten Impact deals damage equal to the excess <laughs> to target creature or planeswalker. So you That's incredible. bank it. So four, four, four mana, I target a grizzly bears. Mm-hmm. Then I just have two damage sitting in a piggy bank. <laughs> Until you opt. Then when I next, yeah, when I next cast any instant or sorcery spell, then Molten Impact leans out of the graveyard and goes, where am I putting it? And then you throw this two damage at something else. Yeah, no, actually, yeah, I want to sleeve this one up. Yeah. It's too bad. Yeah. Oh, no, I can can do this in my brain. You can get sleeves on Arena. No, I'm just kidding, yeah. I've remembered a Mishra Bobble uh, (laughs) trigger. I swear, I, I swear I've remembered at least one Mishra's Bobble. Okay, I can I could do this. All right, you can play, I can do this. You can play alchemy. It's fine. Judge, I forgot a molten impact trigger six games ago. Oh, <laughs> is it still banked? <laughs> yes. She even posted like you know these cards remind me of you mentioned before silver border. Then like one mm. of the examples you gave was time machine, which is like five mana artifact from one of the unsets that's like tap and exile a creature you own. Then the next game you have with this player, bring it back into play on like the third turn or something. And right. It's like, yeah, it's it's wild, but that could just get put into alchemy now, couldn't it? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I would like to point out that at no place on this card does it say this game. <laughs> at right? no point. The next time. The next time. And then they're going to bring back the old like MTGO2, like we're all sitting on tables next to each other, and there'll be like that card that blows up every copy of a card that you can see, like the Maelstrom Pulse, but for mm-hmm. like... For any given named card, I can't remember what I this never it's played like a, MPGO it's white, version two. Well, it, it just showed you where you were sitting at a table. Like there was an image before you got into <laughs> right. a game of like you're at this table for this draft pod on like a wooden table, and like you're a gray ogre <laughs> or you're a Birds of Paradise or you're a Savannah Lions <laughs> or something. Like you're you know you had a little wow. avatar. Yeah. Anyway, but you know, Arena could do that. Right, it could be like, okay, you're in your match here, and like Graham's his match, and he's like one uh, emperor point away from you, or whatever. So if you cast, oh, right. if you cast the earthquake that deals four damage to all creatures in like every game you can see from your spot in the <laughs> giant arena tournament hall, then like, yeah, then we could we could do that. I'm playing a game, and it's like Cameron just cast this spell in another game. You know, where do you want to throw two damage? Like, huh? Sweet. <laughs> I throw it at Cameron's face. I hate these rules, right? Yeah. Well, like in, in Warhammer 40k, there was an old Imperial Guard model called the Death Strike Missile Launcher, which had unlimited range. So the old joke was that, you know, you'd be playing a game of 40k and the phone would ring. <laughs> and it would be like, huh? Okay. What's, what's, your, what's your range guess? 67 kilometers. Okay. I'll measure from the phone. Right? And like Google Maps it and like... Somebody would call in from a different store, right? Right, being like, "I fired a death strike missile launcher at you know this game," and it'd be like, uh, "No, you missed by a foot," right? <laughs> and it hit like a Warhammer fantasy game going on at the next day. Oh no, <laughs> that's amazing! My blood bowl, those poor high elves. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, my tree is on fire from death strike missiles. That's yeah. that's. That's terrific. It's it never a, worked, but it was hilarious. Right? Like it was a, conceptually you could do it. Yeah. Then they got rid of it because you know it was silly. Yeah, yeah, it was silly. This isn't silly. This is a big game here. Like, come back to normal rules of one v one magic and alchemy. Uh, probably going to see 
this show up at some top ranked alchemy I, tables. I would th- I would think this card seems nuts to me. Yeah, I mean, just turn anything into an electrolyze. Are you kidding? Yeah, it's ba- it's basically the value most of the value you get from electrolyze for one less mana. I mean, you don't draw the card. That's fine. Like it doesn't right. draw you a card, but, but like opt does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, opt does, and it's four damage. So yeah, you can use this to like blow away a an X one on turn two. Yeah. And then blow away a 4-3. Yeah. Yeah, or whatever. Or kill a Planeswalker. <laughs> or kill a Planeswalker. Yeah, exactly. If you kill a small creature with it, it might be enough damage to finish a Planeswalker. Like, a lot of Planeswalkers, the turn they come down, only have two loyalty because it's like they use their minus the first turn. Yeah, yeah, to make like a, a blocker. Yeah, exactly. Or kill your creature or whatever, yeah. So, I don't know. This card seems I mean, really the, good. And if they don't, this has altered their play pattern. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Like, if, if your opponent has to take like a defensive plus one to like rummage with um the ninja planeswalker instead of making right. a, a token mm-hmm. mm. you know maybe that's preferable i like when you have the um life of toshiro umezawa in play so your opponent has to like hold off on playing their x1 for a mm-hmm. turn mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i assume i can't see their hand but i'm making assumptions here or um, they play it just so they won't take two extra damage. Or yeah, there's yeah. also that, yeah. Yeah. Although this can't go dome, so maybe this winds up like um, limiting your own play patterns as you're desperate to get value off of it. Mm. Yeah. Right? Like a raccoon with its hand in the trap, unwilling to let go of the dime. <laughs> We're used to, for two mana, though, spells that kill creatures with four toughness. And like mm-hmm. this is just the best one of those we've seen yet. You know. there, there is, there's another spell book. There might be more than one, but there's another spell book on uh, Boseju Pathlighter. Right, this card I really like. Yeah, I did so remember this card. Two and a green for a 3-2 Human Rogue. That's it. But ETB, draft a card from the spell book. So, it's a bunch of lands. Um, Emergence Zone, Radiant Fountain, Scavenger Grounds, Boseju Who Endures, Gingerbread Cabin, Calney Garden, Memorial to Unity, Thriving Grove, Hall of Oracles, Secluded Courtyard, Treasure Vault, Mobilized District, Bonders Enclave, Roadside Reliquary, or Field of Ruin. So they're all green or colorless utility lands. That's That seems pretty cool. Yeah, this yeah. card seems great. Although, like, they all kind of fit into different play patterns, right? Like, mm-hmm. Radiant Fountain wants to be in, like, that, that pauper uh, flicker deck. Right. Right. But, like... Hmm. It's just, you know, Elvish Visionary that always gets you yeah, a land. Oh, and it conjures yeah. it as opposed to searching it from your library. So that there's like a bit of extra value there. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, it, I, I guess this is kind of like conjures a waste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, plus a bunch of those utility lands draw you cards, right? Hmm. So you have, I mean, it's three mana. So maybe this is just kind of a downgrade from, um, what's it called? Sylvan. Oh, shoot. Wayfinder, is it Sylvan Wayfinder? The one in a, a green 1-1 one, one elf that just can search your library for a basic land when it enters the battlefield. Right. Put it in your hand, right. not, not the one that ramps. You have to pay three mana for that. Like, it doesn't put it onto, pl- onto the battlefield, right? It puts this in your yeah. hand. Yeah, drafting, okay. drafting a card. Just yeah, puts drafting a card. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Sometimes the conjure cards say put them on the battlefield. Anyways, um, but it, you know, it still guarantees your land drops. And I like cards like that. I don't mm. know. I mean, I'm into the cards that keep the lands flowing. Mm-hmm. The one that always catches me because I forget how good it is, is 
seek, which is different from conjure. Right. So Jukai Liberator is two and a green for a 3-3 snake ninja. So already Centaur Courser is good. Ninjutsu for one and a green. So two mana ninjutsu for a 3-3. Three, three. Mm-hmm. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, choose land or non-land. Seek a permanent card of the chosen kind. So reminder, seek is a random card that is already in your library that satisfies the condition. Mm-hmm. So in this case, you just say land or non-land, and you're going to get something out of your library. So that that seems pretty cool. Yeah, this card seems like Moon Circuit Hacker's, you know, uh, like biggest billy goat gruff or whatever. You know, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. <laughs> like if your Moon Circuit Hacker can't get the job done, call in <laughs> your brother <laughs> or whatever. Like there's a bigger goat. Yeah, um, no yeah. lands this time, please. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it seems like a really strong card. The question is, which trigger do you put on the stack first? They both connect. If they both connect, yeah. I mean, they both have to. Thinning your deck. It's the math of thinning your deck. The (laughs) non-existent math of thinning your deck. I mean, they both thin your Mm -hmm. deck by getting one card out of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd probably put this one on the stack first. No, I put the other one in the stack. For, I want this one to resolve first. Find right. out what I see because I, I don't know. And then I'll be able to loot. I'll be able to do my loot Ooh, yes. better. Yeah. Right? There you go. There we, we figured it out. Every time. Doesn't matter the board state. Yeah. Every, every decision tree <laughs> yeah, that's can, right. be, can be deterministically solved. We solved it. Exactly. There's uh, one more spell book that I'm just trying to find the list for. It's the Experimental Pilot. So they're doing some doing some vehicle shenanigans. So the experimental pilot is a single blue mana for a one one human pilot with ward two. Mm, that's nice. Well, one one for one with ward two, which is kind of wild. And then it's got uh, for one blue and discard two cards. Draft a card from the experimental pilot's spellbook. What's interesting to me here is that that's repeatable. The other right. two spellbook oh. cards that we've seen. Uh, were well, no. So one of them was whenever it attacks, whenever a whenever a samurai or warrior does the solo attack thing, you got to draft from from that spell book. But this is, you know, repeatable multiple times even on the same turn. It does require two cards and only gives you one back, though. True. Right. I'm trying to find a list of what these cards are. Have to guess that they're vehicles. Have we ever gotten a pilot that gives ward to the vehicle it crews? I don't think so. Not hmm. yet. I have the list here. If you'd okay, like. James has got it. Oh, James has it. Awesome. Quite bad, isn't it? Yeah. So we've got uh, Beaumont Bazaar Barrage. Uh, oh, the barge. The barge. The barge. Cultivators Caravan, Daredevil's Dragster, Demolition Stomper, Futurist Sentinel, High Speed Hoverbike, uh, Mech Titan Core, Mind Link Mech, Mobile Garrison. Oval Chase, Oval Chase Dragster. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Raiders Carve. Uh, Reckoner Bankbuster, mm. Silent Submersible, uh, Thundering Chariot, and the Untethered Express. Oh, Untethered Express. So mostly Kaladesh cars, some from uh, Kamigawa, and then there's one from Kaldheim and one yeah, from the Ravnica carve. there, yeah. too. Okay? The, the Raiders Carve, and then, yeah, the Silent Submersible. submersible. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, Interesting. No Rafflecopter? No Rafflecopter. Uh-huh. Demolition Stomper, though. Reminder, that's the six-mana 10-7. Mm. <laughs> that can't Hard be blocked block. by 
uh, creatures with power two or less. Demolition Stomper is huge. Yeah, and it crews for like a crew, million, right? Crew five, five, though, yeah. yeah. But and no Sky Sovereign either, right? Or uh, or the 7-Eleven Dreadnought? No. no. Okay. No, neither of those. But the barge is good. I like Bowmap Bazaar Barge. That's the four mana, what, 5-5 five, five that draws a card? Yeah, yeah, it draws a card. Barge is great. Yeah. yeah. And only crew three, so that this thing can jump into it. Yeah, barge is good. Well, uh, the which one's Thundering Chariot? Oh, that's Theros too, isn't it? Sorry, we didn't mention. No uh, plow. <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah. it's Theros. Yeah, four yeah, mana, Theros. three three with first strike, trample, and haste. Crew one. Oh no, that works really well with the the experimental pilot. Mm-hmm. Right, easy to crew and obviously kind of powerful in combat yeah beep beep uh let's just just because cameron had a physical uh physical visceral wow got there eventually visceral reaction to the oval chase dragster this is the one that's it's four mana for is it a five six one isn't it six one with trample it's the ball lightning one yeah six one trample haste yeah it doesn't die but it's a six one trample haste yeah i mean it probably dies in combat all of Kaladesh was just me being like, no, running away from this thing, looking over my shoulder. Is the Daredevil Dragster the one that keeps coming back? Or is that, oh, no, that one. Oh, this one's also really good. This one good. draws you a card too, doesn't it? Or yeah, three mana, four, four, crew two. At the end of combat, if it attacked or blocked, put a velocity counter on it. Then if it has two or more velocity counters on it, sack it and draw two cards. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I like this card too. <laughs> this is interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about the pilot and and all the cards in this book. Although it's the draft cards the are pilot, all pretty good. The like, pilot crews vehicles as though its power were two or greater, but it so, is only a one one. So like yeah. you can for that side of it, like the ward is okay, but you can play a white creature that's a two one that also crews for three. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you want to play both. Oh, like the hot, the hotshot mechanic. Yeah, hotshot yeah. mechanic. Um, there's an, there's another one actually in in the alchemy the dragonfly pilot, which is a one one for a single white that has the same cruise bigger than its like uh, above its pay grade um, thing. Also, this conjures a dragonfly suit. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I'm just wondering how how great it's going to be to discard two cards to draft an unknown. Um, vehicle in the deck where you could just be including pilots and vehicles yeah prob- anyway. probably not great mm-hmm. i guess i guess maybe it's mediocre i just think it's neat it's super neat the I draft mean, cards if, are fun if you get yeah. flooded right yeah. like does the does the current vehicle deck would a vehicle what well, what's the blue white uncommon from pro, uh, oh uh, prototype power suit or pro, pro, prototype pro, prodigal pro, prototype no yeah, prodigy's some, prototype prodigy's prototype something, something like that I, 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 always, prototype. I always watch it go by in draft packs. Yeah, right? And then one, the second one comes by and I'm like, man, I should have been in blue-white vehicles. I could have had two of these. Yeah, yeah. one white-blue for a 3-4 crew 2. Whenever one or more vehicles you control attack, create a 1-1 one, one pilot that can crew as though its power were were too greater. Yeah, I've I've mm-hmm. I did this once and you just end up with just like a bunch of pilots. I had like three or four pilots because it's like, all right, I just attack with this thing that you can't block or this thing that's evasive or, you know, and it's like just keep making one ones. It was it was pretty cool. Hmm. I didn't like do well overall because I just haven't been doing well overall. <laughs> Turns out um, you can do some pretty entertaining four and five color decks in this format. And uh, they beat me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It was good. 
it's 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 been uh the the format has been very fun now alchemy though i'm curious i would i'd love to know from those of you in the comments um your sort of interest level i like looking at these cards and going like oh cool i don't really play like i don't play alchemy and i don't know that i'm going to rush to but it was you know at the risk of uh you know potentially invoking the discourse on twitter um saffron olive tweeted uh, yesterday i think it was that uh you know based on their youtube analytics right he's like you know based on like the viewership and everything of the videos that we've made people don't want to watch content about alchemy Hmm. right like they've made videos about alchemy and people are not interested in a notable way comparative to the other content that they make and so i mean i guess yeah i also (laughs) we're gonna this episode is gonna be called like something to do with alchemy or new alchemy kamigawa alchemy spoilers or something like that so i guess we'll see what the viewership on this is like but right i mean that maybe that will just demonstrate to us that nobody actually watches us for our content and just likes us for us oh i hope so that'd be nice yeah i'll take it i hope you also enjoy the content but yeah i'm I'm curious it's like I, i i definitely get the impression that there's a bunch of folks who just just couldn't be arsed, which is fine. Yeah, but like, but, I don't know that that new samurai seems cool. The burn spell seems cool. I mm-hmm. might like virtually sleeve those up. Yeah, I guess the the issue is like if you want to, you have to play them against like Captain Aberhart and Sigardian uh, mm-hmm. Evangel, um, which can be kind of miserable. I don't know. Like my right, I'm, yeah. This yeah. was my experience playing standard too. Last time I played standard, which was like mirrored in block. Um, <laughs> Where I was like, hey, I've got this really cool blink deck that I think is interesting. And I'm up against Caw Blade. <laughs> in rounds one through three. Yeah. yeah. And then I have in round four, I go for a sadness milkshake. Yeah. Right? Like the thing where you get my most traumatic experience playing standard ever was getting fate sealed by someone. And they look at the top card of my deck and go, what? Sorry, Cam. I'm going to leave that on top and see what happens. <laughs> Counterspell. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> Not sponsored, but if you're in Victoria, Interactivity Board Game Cafe makes very good sadness milkshakes. Yeah. Or just milkshakes if you like milkshakes, but that's typically where people go for... Because they're yeah. open till like midnight. Yeah. yeah, the grief milkshake. They make their own ice cream. It's yeah. very good. They make it right there. Yeah. I, my, I re- also read that tweet. I was like, I thought about it, about the fact that like Saffron's like, should I keep making alchemy content? Does anyone care? Right? Not. And then this is a really cold take, but it's like people were complaining about historic getting all these alchemy cards. And I don't know my take, like having played the constructed formats on arena a bunch now, like each of them a fair bit. And I actually really like standard right now. Um, is just, I don't know why alchemy had to exist. Couldn't we just take these cards and shove them into historic? Historic was already getting like a bunch of random cards that were all paper cards, admittedly, before. So people could play the format on paper. Right. But I don't know how many of you did. Like how many historic paper people are out there? Hmm. Um, there are dozens I, I, of us. I know that. Yeah, I exactly. I know that like every niche is, is a magic community. So like yeah. I, I don't want to disrespect you. I appreciate you, paper historic players. Uh, who are who were mad obviously when alchemy was first released but like you already have standard on arena mm-hmm. and you have historic where these other cards can can get played mm-hmm. alchemy cards get played in historic and then for some reason we need a rotating smaller historic 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. Al- we needed for some reason standard plus arena only cards, and I just don't get it. Um, and it's the format that's the most kind of confusing to me. Mm-hmm. Like historic's supposed to be more of a big playground with lots and lots of different cards, and it makes sense to have like weird arena only cards in that one for me for some reason and standard is like okay you can play standard on arena to get reps in to play standard on paper it's like you're connecting the communities i don't know yeah it's confusing to me Hmm. why alchemy (laughs) that's my question nobody ever asks how is alchemy wait (laughs) anyway uh, i couldn't figure out where to go from that that random non sequitur um but you know where you can get non sequiturs among other things cardkingdom.com woo slash LRR slash LRR yeah they sponsor the show and we continue to let them do that because we like them I guess if you ask for a one inch button they'll non sequitur uh, they'll send you a one inch button though <laughs> uh, yeah and it yeah. currently says math is for blockers we could it's important to note that that bit there where I'm like we we continue to work with them because we like them not just because they sponsor this because we we, I, you know how many emails for Raid Shadow Legends I've ignored? Like, I can, yeah, like we could. I was gonna, we could get gonna ask you about, yeah, yeah. Like, are we the only people on YouTube who haven't been sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends yet? No, we. Ta- it's funny because like we talked to someone about it. We were like, all right, let's see what's up with this. Let's because you're offering some numbers. Let's let's take a look at what they wanted, and they wanted too much, and. And like they wanted us to do too much work for what right. they were offering. And we're like, ah, you know what? No. But we like had a call with them and everything. And then like two months later, we get a, a contact from the same person we were speaking to before that was like, hi, Loading Ready Run. I've recently seen some of your content and think that you'd be a great fit for the. And it's like, you don't know. You don't care anything about who we are. Aww. You don't remember that we ha- we spoke. We <laughs> spoke. Met. Yeah, yeah, it was the same. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like oh, very very impersonal. Cold. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Card Kingdom are great. Also, you're hey, great um, uh, with our with your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run and allowing us to not have to do stuff with Ray Shadow Legends, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which we appreciate, and I I feel like on some level you do as well. So it's you know it's win win. Um, that's gonna do it for uh, Tap Tap Concede. As always, I've been Graham, joined by Cameron, huh, and Nelson. Hi. James has been running tech. Heather gets these online. And thank you all for watching and listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Thanks.